welcome back to the podcast with your host, Samantha. And I'm Alexa, and we're here to light up your life. Today, we have a really special guest. Her name is Debbie Wright. She is a strong advocate of the belief that healthcare starts at home. Her true passion lies in assisting individuals in optimizing their personal aging journey. Her brand is centered around the genuine desire to empower people to tap into their power from within and unlocking happiness, health, and abundance. Welcome to the show, Debbie. We're so happy that you're here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. And I'm listening to you and I'm thinking this is exactly the work that you all do. So it's such a, an honor to be with you all like-minded sharing our journeys. It's so, it's so powerful. It's so fun. Yeah. So Debbie, we'll jump right into it. So we know you weren't always as healthy. So can you tell us a little bit more about your um, health in the past and kind of what brought you on to this health journey? Yes, absolutely. So I think it really started for me, the pivotal moment was, you know, when I turned 50, you know, that kind of that, that age that everyone sort of, you know, looks at and wonders, you know, what will change. And for a while, nothing really did change. I had always been active. I had always thought I ate well. Um, but, you know, around maybe 50, I started to become a little more curious about, you know, what was going on. And I wanted to learn more rather than just going to the doctor and getting the traditional, like, few little check marks. Mm -hmm. So I started to get curious. And it was probably around 51, 52 that I went to the doctor for a checkup. And I had started to gain unexpected weight. And it was just didn't matter what I did, nine, 10 pounds. And that was so uncharacteristic for me. So when I went for that doctor appointment, I said to them, you know, I don't know what's going on. I really need to figure this out. I haven't really changed anything. And in fact, I'm trying to be even a little bit better, but it's going the opposite direction. Like something's going on. I need to get to the bottom of it. And in the office, it was just struck me because that was the only doctor I'd ever been accustomed to for all my life after the pediatrician. They had been my doctor group forever. And the nurse looked at me and said, oh, you know, you're fine. You're lucky it's not 20, you know, and then no one, seemed, yeah. it was like, no one seemed concerned. No one took me seriously and kind of sent me off on my way like you're fine, be happy it's not worse. And I thought, all right, in that moment, I realized I needed to figure things out on my own. I needed to take control of this. And I hadn't really dove into too much prior to that point, but had having gotten curious, more curious in my 50s, and then getting into that stage, I just thought, you know what? No, these, these can't be my people. This cannot be where I put all of my, you know, cards into because they really just didn't take me seriously just now. And I'm really concerned and I'm really serious. And I don't want things to get to a point where then suddenly it's too late or suddenly something has, you know, come on and I could have avoided it, you know? Yeah. So I, that, I think was the moment that I realized that I needed to take control of where I was going to go from that point forward to find out more about what was happening in my body. Yeah. So I think that's so empowering how you had to take control of your health because everything is within us. And so what were some of the journeys that you took? And I know who you listen to, we talk about this a lot, is very important who you listen to. So what did you start diving into to really do your research and start optimizing your health? 
So it then it started with podcasts and you, we have talked a lot about this and I look at it as a fortunate thing, but where I work from where I live is approximately a four to four and a half hour commute. So when I take on that commute, I, I'm so excited because that's my podcast time. That's the time I dive into all the things I'm really curious about. So I started to utilize that car time to dive into science and the term biohacking caught my attention. And I thought, mm, that's what I need to do. I need to hack my biology, <laughs> you know, this is, and so I just really got curious and really listened to the things that excited me. And all of a sudden I found myself in this world of science and getting more sciencey, <laughs> you know, leaning into neurobiologists and listening to all of these experts in science and body and brain and how all of it works, I couldn't get enough. And that's where my whole, my whole journey really took off in, in terms of my study and turning my own health around. I love that. And so what were some of the things you started to implement in your journey? So listening to all these biohacking podcasts, I know we listened to Dave Asprey. He wrote that amazing book. And so what did you start to do in your life to make that change? So for, you know, our listeners or anyone who really wants to start their wellness journey. I, for me, I started with intermittent fasting. I thought that was an interesting concept because I had never thought about that. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people now that it's, it's much more, you know, out there now than it was, you know, five years ago when I started to hear about it, no one talked, well, they were talking about it, but in much smaller groups. And I feel like it's much more mainstream now, which is great. So intermittent fasting for me, um, understanding that it wasn't necessarily about the weight loss that attracted me to it. I, that was a hopeful side effect. But what I really liked about it is I learned about the cellular cleanup process that when you're not feeding your body, how the cells have an opportunity to actually feel a little stress because a little stress, a little homeostasis, a little stress in the body is good, right? And science has proven that. So a little stress where we're not always living in this, oh, I'm a little hungry, let me have a snack, where your body gets used to, oh, there's never a lack of, you know, there's, you know, there's always going to be plenty of food. We're just going to settle right here in terms of metabolism and cellular health and things like that, that your body naturally does. But when you put it in a little state of shock and suddenly that food isn't there when it normally is, your body starts to take care of itself. And it really just made so much sense to me. So I like the idea of sort of healing from a cellular level through intermittent fasting. And it also really made sense to me that, you know, we are an evolving human body that, you know, at one time did not have food every single minute of the day, right? Had to hunt, had to gather. And so when all of that came into my world of awareness, it just makes so much sense to me. And um, so I started with intermittent fasting. I think that's where it began. And then from there, I found myself a functional integrated doctor because while I do feel like there's certainly a val valuable place for primary care medicine and we need primary care medicine, um, it's the system itself that's broken right now. But it, the doctors just don't have time to do all the things that we need them to do, right, with the way the system is, is currently set up. So I found myself a functional doctor and through that doctor was able to ask for a 
a significant amount of blood work done, blood work that I had never had run for me in the past, who was really willing to run as many tests as possible because blood tells you quite a story and is very truthful. So I got every blood test I possibly could. And then they, you know, my doctor ran through all of it with me and I learned so much about my personal body and what was happening at that time. So what did you learn? Tell us a little bit more about that. I know from Sam, you struggled with an autoimmune disorder. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? So what what are some of the things you were able to overcome? Absolutely. So through that extensive blood work and through a doctor who, given their framework, was able to really take me through a lot of details, I discovered that I had autoimmune. I never even knew I did. So here, I don't know how long I had it. And thankfully, because I was relatively healthy, right, it didn't present in many of the ways that it might have if I was someone who didn't exercise and didn't eat kind of healthy, right? So, but this excessive weight gain and some of the other things were tied to it. And nonetheless, if I didn't address the autoimmune marker, that was very, very high, she told me. She was shocked that I didn't have any of these symptoms, the other symptoms like joint pain and all of these other inflammatory issues. She was shocked that I didn't have those, but they were they were inevitable if I didn't address the autoimmune and I would have never known. So that was the first thing. So from that, um, just started to cater and learn more about how to eat the foods that my body needed and liked. So I learned about different foods. I did some different um, gut tests to learn what foods and what bacteria my you gut needed. Class, right? You what? did you did the Viome test. I remember yeah. you talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So started just diving into learning, learning, learning about what was going on with my body and making these changes around foods, around time of eating, um, taking supplements that also help to, you know, turn around the autoimmune. And I successfully did. So I don't have any sign of autoimmune anymore. And it was primarily revolved, it primarily revolved around supplements and foods specific foods. And then also just learning another just kind of crazy thing where I'd got been going to the doctor forever and ever. And my blood pressure was always 130 over 70, 130. And I, I, why would I think any different? It was always the same. And I kind of thought, look at me, I'm so consistent like for years. And it turned out like that's on the bubble of high blood pressure. Like, and I had no idea. I thought I was good because I was so consistent. <laughs> so then I started to read and learn about and through recommendation through the infrared sauna and started doing infrared sauna and, you know, for another whole host of benefits like detoxifying, sweating, the whole thing, which made a lot of sense to me. One of the things they do say is that it can lower blood pressure. And to my surprise, I'd gone to, you know, one of my OBGYN or one of those doctor's appointments and they took my blood pressure and I'm not even thinking because I like and enjoy the sauna now for so many other things. And she took my blood pressure and the last read was 130, you know, like I'd always been. And suddenly it was 108. And she said, what? What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? And I said, it must be the sauna. It really does work, you know, so because that was 
one of the newer things that I had, you know, yeah. incorporated along my way. So I've definitely seen reducing my blood pressure. Um, I did a test with Define Wellness with Joe. He's got a great wellness business in Glastonbury. He yeah, measured- tell us more about that. That's yeah, so he has a test there that measures biological age versus chronological chronological age. And I'll be 56 in September. And when I was measured by him last year, it showed 39. So again, it was just so cool. But it's just such great reassurance that at the end of the day, taking control of when you feel like something, you're not getting the answers that you feel you really want and you desire greater health or you think there's other levels or maybe you want to get off medicine or, you know, maybe you just think, no, this is not the best path for me. I really need guidance and direction on something better because maybe for a lot of us, we don't want disease. We want to prevent disease. We want to prevent aches and pains. And, you know, there are paths and things out there that truly will lead to greater health and they're not as challenging or as difficult as you might think as long as you have the right people around you to guide you and support you so i have primarily changed autoimmune menopausal weight gain high blood pressure through practices like the infrared sauna intermittent fasting cold plunges or cold showers i don't cold. i wish i had a cold plunge i don't have one yet um but cold showers and truly just being way more mindful about the quality of food that I, I bring into my body. And it's made the world of difference. So what would you say is your typical meal? I know that you intermittent fast, so you probably do lunch and dinner. So what do you typically eat for our listeners if they want to start making these changes? Well, it's important for me to build muscle at this age as well, to continue to build muscle as I head into, you know, late fifties. So I, I don't try to eat just two meals a day. I try to stay protein focused with my weight training and with my supplements. So even with intermittent fasting, I will stop eating around 6, 6.30. I usually will eat around 10, 10.30. But if my body's hungry based on whatever I did the day before, I'll listen to that. I don't necessarily make a hard, like I do 16 or 17 hours every single day. I do tend to listen to it. But I wake up, I have my water with electrolytes and some sea minerals, and then I have black coffee. And then I'll do some sort of exercise and get my morning sunlight, all the things you guys know. And then I'll usually eat like 10, 10 30. And like today, I'll give you what I've eaten so far. So today, then I had uh, overnight uh, steel cut oats with Greek yogurt and a bunch of chia seeds because fiber is my new focus because that's really important. And most of us don't get enough fiber. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's another thing too, that's really important with keeping our systems regular and, you know, moving right along. So, um, so I I had the steel cut oats a few days a week for that meal, um, that fasting break, my, my break fast. And I add the yogurt and I add fruit and I'll add a little protein powder too sometimes just to make it a little bit more protein as well. And then for lunch, just before we met now, I had chicken. We made like just a scramble last night, which was chicken and artichoke and peppers and a bunch of broccoli and like a mix. And then we made enough so that I just heated that up for lunch. 
That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. <laughs> and in the summertime, you get to grill. And you use the grill outside. We just grill all of our chicken and all of our veggies. And we do that a couple times a week. And it's it's my favorite meal. Just grilled vegetables and grilled chicken. So yummy. Yes. I love grilled food. Yes, amazing. I wanted to go back to our the test that you spoke about. And if we can just dive into that a little bit more. So for our listeners, can you tell us the difference between the biological age versus the chronicle age? Well, and again, I'm not sure what, you know, there are probably different tests out there. I just did the one that Joe had at his facility. Um, so it just, it, the difference chronologically is how many years you've been alive, right? So I was born in 1967 and chronologically I'll be 56 in, which seems like the dark ages <laughs> compared to you guys. You look like a day over 30. Yeah. Okay. Well, good lighting, but thank you. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll be a good receiver. Right, Sam? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so that's your chronological age, how many years you've been alive, but biologically, you know, how youthful are, however, the particular test was, however, it took the measurements, but from a cellular level, from inside your body, biologically, what do your cells look like age-wise? So with a lot of the folks we follow and that we love, these biohackers, these scientists, these people that look like you would never believe they were the age they are because of the way that they treat their bodies, you know, it is um, becoming more of a conversation around like biologically to kind of be younger than your chronological just means hopefully that, you know, you like the whole goal is that you live a long life, but you, my goal is, and many of us is to live a long, healthy life, you know, at, that you're still able to be mobile and active and up and doing things well into, you know, those later years versus, you know, what we see all too often with our grandparents and our great grandparents and our parents, even, you know, just what aging looked like for other generations. It doesn't have to look like that. We're getting, we're getting so smart and there's so much available to us now. I find aging very exciting. And a lot of my friends, my age think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I think it's exciting because there's so much for us to learn and to do. And there's so much technology and stem cells. Like there's just all this stuff that's just going to help us be better longer. Yeah. So we actually were um, at a conference in San Diego not too long ago when we met a doctor who did stem cell therapy and he did it for Tony Robbins. And he was just telling us all of these success stories that he works with a lot of children with autism. And he showed us a before picture and an after picture within five minutes. Yeah. And it was a drastic change. So he is really making like pivotal steps and he has this whole movement of helping so many people just with a simple stem, stem cell therapy treatment. So I know it's incredible. I remember when my twins were born, they're 21. And I feel like I remember this was 21 years ago, right? That they said, do you want to keep the umbilical cord stem cells? And of course, and it was very expensive to do that. And we didn't know, you know, this was not a, I had no idea the potency and the power and like to be able to have saved those. 
I don't live with any regrets, but that is one I wish I knew, you know, because of the power of stem cells. It's, it's amazing when you dive into it. I know Tony Robbins, his new book, Life Force, talks a lot about that. Incredible. I kind of want to switch gears. So you talked a lot about what you eat, how you fast, how you do the infrared sauna, how you work out. But what do you do as far as mindset? Because I know that is so imperative to meditate mindfulness if you journal. So what can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that? Yes, my practice for mindset really revolves around plugging in. So Mm -hmm. when I'm on the treadmill, that's my time where I typically, like if I take a walk outside, it's usually with Brian or I take a walk by myself and I do try to just listen to nature and sort of dial into my five senses and kind of get mindful about what I appreciate, things like that. But I don't do that every day. You know, some days I it's a rushed morning, right? Or um, I need to go get a quick little extra bit of cardio. So I go on the treadmill. And every time I go on the treadmill and every day, I find some opportunity to just plug into a YouTube. And honestly, for little bits and pieces every day, I just go on YouTube and I literally search motivational video. Yeah. And all, do you ever do that? And then they I come don't. up, like all of these... And then I'll find myself, I go off on different tangents. Like right now I'm listening to Marianne Williamson and I love her. I, I'm so, I can't, I can't get enough of her, but then I'll veer off and then I go through a whole like Oprah, you know, thing. And then I listen to all like her, she has a YouTube compilation out there where it's a lot of her snippets from different college speeches. Matthew McConaughey has a great speech that's out there that he gave at one of his, at one of the commencement ceremonies. So I literally like, that's my brain medicine is YouTube, little snippets, treadmill time. And then it just like, it gets my brain right, right. And then I just kind of see what do I feel like listening to today? Yeah. And it's so important. We talk about this on the podcast all the time. Who you listen to is so important. It doesn't have to be a physical person next to you. you like you said, you can dial yeah. in podcasts or you could go on YouTube and search these motivational videos. So um, we have all of the tools. It's, you know, it's only if we decide to use them, which yeah, I how you use them and, and just surrounding yourself with the right people and obviously setting, um, setting yourself up for success. Yeah. For sure. So I kind of want to dive into, we do so many things for our beauty and you, like Alexa was saying, you look like you're in your thirties. So we talk about this a lot, but what do you do for your, for your face, just to make sure that you're, you're looking the best you can, like any different treatments that you like to do? (laughs) I like all the treatments. (laughs) (laughs) I like all the treatments. So when I was 50, I did. A, a pro fractional laser. So I did like, I kind of had this idea that, oh, okay, when I hit 50, I'm going to do something a little bit more, you know, invasive for my skin to kind of just like veer off. If I could, if I can, let's do something more intensive. So that I did that. And I really liked how it resurfaced my skin. It was a five day downtime. I did it with a plastic surgeon, super safe, but most invasive facial treatment laser thing I had ever done. And I certainly felt like it was time to do that after 50 years. So then every five years, I kind of want to do a bigger thing. Um, But 
what I kind of do, and I'm, I'm due for one before I turn 56, but I need to do my eyes and I'm a little afraid. So I, I've kind of skimmed over my 55 year something that I'm going to do. That's a little bit more intense, but I need to do something. But in the meantime, I just, I found a great esthetician and she has all the latest technology. She goes over to Russia. She travels the world. She's like our doctors that we listen to. She takes what she does so seriously. And she's always bringing in the latest tools and, you know, therapies that she can deliver to her patient or her, you know, clients. So I see her once every two months and I just let her do whatever she thinks my face needs. And she's got all these great tools in her toolkit. And then I'm trying to use more and more clean skincare, although I don't use all clean skincare because I still feel like I need some <laughs> help from a multitude of products, but I just take really good care of my skin, you know, with the sunscreen and, yes. and getting cleaner with products. But I think for the most part, seeing those professionals and having them work on my skin and plenty of sleep and hydration, all of that I wear an eye mask. I sleep great. You know, all of that stuff I think really plays in. The cellular stuff really just plays into how the skin looks, right? Beauty from within too. I don't yeah, know if you take any- I was just about to say that, but it's so much what you actually put into your body. A hundred percent. And the nutrition and the supplements that you're taking. So much of your skin is, is coming from within. It's not so much of what you put on your skin. Yeah actually what you put into your body. So, mm -hmm. and I notice a huge difference if I'm juicing and I'm hydrating for the week, my skin looks so plump and vibrant as opposed to missing drinking as much water as I typically do. Then I feel like I have more bags under my eyes and I just don't Same. feel as great. And I don't look as great. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it makes a big difference. I'll tell you one game changer for me with supplementing is, you know, hyaluronic acid, how important it is. Our body makes it but I started to ingest it. Like I have a little, uh, I got from a great supplement, clean company out of England and it's, it's hyaluronic, but it's in a little pill. And I swear from ingesting it versus just topical, I feel like it's made such a big difference. This we're going to have now. to do that. And we're going to have to look into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One other treatment that we both talked about, you're the one that introduced it to me was the vampire facial. I've oh, done yes. four sessions of those, but I like it because it takes your own blood and plasma and they spit it out and then they inject it back into your face. And I noticed a big difference with my skin getting more plump. I don't yes. know if you wanted to add anything for how it's helped you. Yeah, no, that's another one of those that I kind of weave in throughout. Absolutely love that. The oxygen facials, like any of those types of things. I'm drawn to, I was drawn to the vampire as well, because I just like the whole idea that, you know, you're aerating your skin with the micro needling, and then you're feeding it with the, the plasma from your own blood and feeding it back into the cells of your skin to rejuvenate just makes sense to me. So yeah. I love that treatment. So we talked a lot about all of the things you do to optimize your health. I know that you got a health coach certification. So now you're working with a lot of clients. So can you walk us through what you typically do for your clients? Yeah. So um, during COVID, you know, that's when everything stopped and I wasn't taking those long commutes anymore. 
and found myself with so much more time. And that's when I went and found that with all my interests and all that I've been learning about that they actually had this thing called the health coach. I never knew that there was such a thing. So I received my certification. It's actually a functional health coach certification through Chris Kresser and his institute. And then I just finished a fellowship because I can't get enough. I'm addicted to all of it with a company called Wild Health that is practicing precision medicine. Their doctors work with clients to develop a personalized plan around health based on genetics, lifestyle, all of all of it. It's incredible. So I just finished the fellowship with them. I'm going to be taking my board exam on in October. So I work with clients one-on-one who are seeking support, you know, that want to make change with their current lifestyle, but just don't know how, maybe they don't have the support within their own network. None of their friends are doing it, but maybe they've heard a podcast like yours, or they've seen something on social media and they're, you know, curious about getting off the statin or lowering their blood pressure or, you know, not being diabetic anymore. And they know they should stop eating this or that, but they really, they just don't have any idea how to approach any of these lifestyle changes, but they believe that they will have a positive impact on their life if they do change them. So that's where a health coach comes in. And it's been exciting because as you guys know, with all that you're interested in with health and wellness, that, you know, with the limited amount of time that doctors get to spend with us, you know, eight minutes in the doctor's office, right? It's crazy. And it's not their fault. It's the system, right? And even through a functional doctor, whoever your medical advice team is and the people that you trust your care with, you know, often there's follow-up to come after that appointment. And then where where does that come from? And that's where health coaching has really become more common. It's still pretty new, I think, but I see it and many see it as being a huge opportunity for people to really get healthy and get control of their personal health journey through the support of people like health coaches who can be that in between and help them make the changes they need to make. For our listeners, uh, what would be a recommendation you would make for somebody who's, you know, not feeling their best and is looking to take charge of their health? I think the first things that have the biggest impact is if there's any sugar in your diet, That would be my first recommendation. I mean, and that is addicting. And I know that's probably a tall order to put out there. (laughs) But but sugar definitely is poison for your body. The added sugar in particular, not natural sugar like from fruits, but added sugars, which so many foods have in them. And just all the seed oils, the dangerous oils that are in everything and processed foods, right? So if if people can work on minimizing sugar, getting familiar with how to read a label, being on the lookout for those oils and avoiding the foods that contain those oils, those are the things that really wreak havoc in our body. Our body does not understand how to process these foods, these things, added sugars, you know, these oils that are not derived from a natural source. You know, it's just, our body is confused. 
what do they what does it do with that um and that's you know leading to a lot of the the disease and the pain and the swelling and the infl inflammation and all the things that then I compound i want to go back to one point you said so you said you know, eliminating sugars, but so many fruit have sugars. And I talk to a lot of people that won't even eat fruit because there's there, but fruit is so good for you and has so many antioxidants. So if you want to elaborate a little more about that. Well, and I think that's why there's a fiber issue as well, that a lot of people aren't getting enough fiber because there's a lot of fiber in fruit. And because fruit has sort of been painted as this, oh gosh, sugar spiking and all the things. Now, there's a caveat, you know, as we are not doctors, you know, people should always consult with their physicians. But I do know, you know, if you're a diabetic and, you know, like you, there are probably certain fruits that might spike your sugar, right? But it doesn't mean that the fruit is an evil category or produce because it has sugar. There's so many benefits in fruit, like you said, but there may just be a way that you have to eat the fruit. Like as many diabetics are told, you have your apple and your almond butter. So you balance that sugar with a protein and then it has a lower insulin response. So there are ways to, if your body does spike with sugar, you know, with, a, with the sugar in fruit, typically you pair with a protein and that sugar response is mitigated. Also, we've learned now, you know, you take a 10 minute walk after dinner and that helps to mitigate sugar response. So um, fruit itself, to your point, is not the evil stay away from. There's so many benefits. There's so much good fiber. But, you know, it is better, I think, as a caveat for most people to pair fruit with some sort of protein, mm -hmm. you know, and have it as a combined little meal. Yeah. And you said something about uh, being able to read a nutrition label and so many of us are not educated on it. And now there's actually a lot of technology that's coming out. I actually just downloaded recently an app that I absolutely love. Not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's called Yuka. It has a little carrot. We're not sponsored by them by any means. I just absolutely love the app because there's so much junk in our food. So many unclean, you know, additives that are not supposed to, or not meant to be in food. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to kind of pick up on those. Right. So now oh my God. the grocery store, I just scan it and it tells me what, you know, on a, on a scale, how good or bad the product is. And it does tell me all the additives or what would be considered a really harmful additive. So I love it. I would recommend it to anybody, um, you know, cause it is hard. It, it, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Not only do you have to figure out the nutrition label on top, but then all the ingredients, and yeah. what even those long words mean. So yeah, absolutely. And that's great. There's so many tools out there and I'm not familiar with that. So that's a good little takeaway. And, you know, I think the things too, I mean, we have to remember these companies are marketing, right? They want us to eat their product. They want us to indulge. They want to keep us coming back for more. And then even labels like gluten-free, sugar-free, well, they're filled with oils. Like even the things that you think might be a better choice, Chances are they are not like I've walked through those aisles as you guys probably have as well, where, oh, it's the healthy aisle or the natural or the gluten free aisle, you know, and then the minute you flip it around, it's filled with oils and added sugars and all the bad things. Right. Um, and even, you know, it's something so crazy, but there's a 
food company, like a fast food place out there, and many of them probably, but I was just on a call with a client this morning and she didn't even realize her egg sandwich that she was getting for a treat, but was still a healthy treat at one of these drive throughs isn't even real egg. No, everything is brilliant. Everything is, I shouldn't say everything, but there's so many things that are fake now. And one thing I did want to point out too, when you're reading the back of your labels, if it says, um, not artificial flavor, but natural flavors, they can put that on there, but there's over 150 chemicals within that, that they are able to put on the label. And people just think, oh, natural flavors when there's so many other additives in there, which when I found that information out, I was like, I was shocked. Yeah. I I, I didn't know the egg thing, but I did recently read a news article. So this is, yeah, this is now that. happening. Really FDA now approved lab made meat to be sold in our grocery stores. And that's crazy. Brand new. I mean, I didn't even know that there is such thing as lab made meat, but it exists. And now it's going to be in our supermarkets. So it's so scary that now there's some additional labels we need to look out for. I hope it's going to be labeled in the first place. Um, because yeah. I, for one, you know, would not would want not to that. eat the yeah. lab made me over the natural, you know, natural. Right. Right. No. And it's, it's thanks to you guys and podcasts like this and the people that we plug into and YouTube. Thankfully we live in this beautiful country where we can find the answers that we're looking for and find the people we want to listen to, right? The Max Lugabeers, the Dave Asprey's, all the people that We'll keep us that, you know, Hi- Dr. Hyman, you know, all the people that. I think I told you about Mark yes. Hyman. I love yeah, him. he's great. And just, you know, we have access to information very easily. So, you know, it, it's, it's so encouraging to see more and more people waking up and, you know, being alarmed at the things and people are sharing what they're learning and people are starting to say like, no. I'm not willing to eat this because of this reason. And it's going to make me sick. Yeah. And did you notice the biggest difference when you started shifting your diet to when you would go back to eating those foods? I know for me, sometimes when I eat like, I don't know, a burger, I feel horrible after because my body is not used to eating that. Yeah, it's true. You feel bloated or, you know, and I even get, you know, I measure my life changed too. when I started measuring my sleep and through my whoop, that was another part of my journey that was a game changer. When I started to see, when I drank my red wine, what would happen you know, to my heart rate at night? What would happen to my recovery? It really helped me kick a habit that I had had for decades drinking red wine because I thought it was good for me, right? Mm-hmm. A, mod- a moderate amount, it's good for me. And so-, so- is that on your wrist? What is that called? It's called a whoop, W-H-O-O-P. Okay. Game. Oh my gosh. You guys would love it's game changing because of, I'll send you information. It's, it gives you so much data. My husband who was resistant to it at first said, I don't want to know, you know, I don't want to know all this detail, but now he's become, cause it really helps guide your decisions when again, you personalize and you get to see, well, when I eat, cause everyone's different. Well, when I eat this or when I do this or when I have that or when I have this, you know, these are the impacts. Well, my body really liked this. Oh, my body really didn't like that. You know, Um, it's really very, very interesting. But um, and it helps change behaviors. 
And now I forgot what we were, what yeah. question I was answering, but I got off on tangent. No, okay. Yeah, but you can't change what you don't measure. So to your point, that is really important and everyone is different. Yeah. So you need to individualize your health and wellness for yourself. But um, yes. does that come with an app that tracks everything or is it just right? Okay. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many technology, like now that, that's, that's, yep. Really yep. Driver yep. health forward. So. Yeah, take advantage of everything you can, right? To really, yeah. prove, like you said, for yourself. Yeah, well, this has been such an amazing episode, Debbie. We learned so much about health and wellness. And, you know, for people who want to learn more about you or, you know, have you become their health coach, where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much, you guys. Um, at DebbieAllenWright.com. Okay. Amazing. And then is your Instagram tied to there as well as all yes. of that? Okay. Perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you all for coming and joining this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe, like, and leave a comment and send it to whoever that you feel would benefit from this episode. We're all sending you so much love and light.